0: Happy Friday, Mike Broomhead. Amen, amen. It's officially the weekend now. When you kick it off, it's like Santa at the end of the uh, Thanksgiving Day parade kicks off the Christmas. You kick off every weekend. <laughs> well, me, you. you. kick off every a weekend. Pleasure <laughs> of mine. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Uh, good morning, everyone. And yes, Happy Friday. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Um, we've got a lot, to gr- a lot of ground to cover today on the show, and uh, we're going to start with the economy, and uh, we're going to start there. We're going to talk immigration. Um, uh, Senator Sinema was on the show the other day talking about the plan. And she had with senator tillis and a, a proposal on some immigration reform as we understand the the thousands of people that are awaiting entry into the u.s when title 42 expires so we'll talk about that in a few moments but i do want to start talking about the economy and the realities of the economy right now and the real fallout in it um, I use the word – I say the word in, uh, uh, recession, which we've talked about before, and the po- politics and that and what the White House says and the official definition. You can call it whatever you want. When massive numbers of people are hurting and altering their lifestyles because of the economy and the expense of, of necessities, you are seeing people uh, uh, that don't care what you call it. You call it whatever you want. When somebody else loses their job, it's a recession. When you lose yours, it's a depression, and we all understand how that works. So I want you before we get to some of the headlines that I have um, ready to roll, I want you to hear from an economist, Susan Schmidt. Um, she is with a private equity at the State of Wisconsin Investment Board talking about the fears of the recession in the next
1: year. Christine Lagarde, president of the European Central Bank, came out and also increased interest rates half a percent. Investors are getting very nervous that this is going to cause a recession, not just here in the U.S., but also in Europe, as it gets to be a more and more difficult environment for businesses to operate in.
0: So, and that's the key there. It's more and more difficult for businesses to operate. It's, it has a lot to do with policy. And it's interesting when you go overseas and see how they do things differently than we do in the U.S., it is it is fascinating to see how what they do. But you you also have to remember a lot of those countries are a lot smaller, and they're you know, the size of some of our states. And so it's it's a different atmosphere than what, what if there's the policy of all of Europe, like there is in the U.S. And we're going to get to some more of this, some of these headlines. But she goes on to talk about here are the nervous investors.
1: The Fed did make some concession and did increase interest rates, but only by half a percent. Now remember that the last several increases have been three quarters of a percent. That's not enough to satisfy investors who are increasingly nervous that these increased rates are going to flow through into the economy, pulling the economy back in and pulling it so far in that it leads to a recession.
0: And that's the concern. And people looking, when you look at Wall Street, they are doing things based on predictions. They're not reacting just to what's happening right now. They're concerned about what is going to happen. It's the reason why Wall Street, it's down again 371 points so far this morning. It's down below 33,000. So we realize it's been rocky. It's been a rocky year for a lot of companies. Companies and what are we doing as a country? What do we do? Um, the realities of this. A couple of headlines: Inflation is taking a toll on seniors, forcing them to return to work. The holidays are going to be tough. One senior citizen is working part time at 85 years old to make ends meet. There is another feature on a woman that is 76 years old that is back in the, in the in the um, job. We know out in the market working Um, and then here's the the other headline more adult children are living with their parents parents are not pleased Uh, families rally around each other I will tell you that I enjoyed you know I had adult kids that live with me for a while. And I was, uh, I, I liked the, I loved it. You know, I had the babies in the house when they had, were having kids. I don't think it's the healthiest thing for an adult child to live in their parents' house. I think the, uh, the struggle of doing it on your own is, is, uh, is, is key, is something that's very important. But there are times when it's so difficult that it can't be done. And, uh, people, and there are some families that do it because they just like that, that's the way they do things. Um, but when the economy does things like this, when you're talking about the necessities – now, fuel prices have dropped dramatically. That's good news. still more expensive than it was a few years ago, but more manageable, certainly a lot more manageable than it was six months ago or seven months ago. That's good news. I, I think that's the biggest driver of problems for a family because you, you can't live without gasoline. You can't. People have got to get to work and public transportation is not an option for a lot of people. And if it does become an option, the time that's used there, if you've got children, how do you get them to where they need to be? This is all a difficult time. So I'm glad the fuel prices have dropped. I think we're all happy about that. The housing market here in Arizona has been a bit insulated because of our lack of inventory. So we have seen a softening of the market, but certainly not the deep drop that's happened around the rest of the country. That's helping homeowners keep their uh, overall all wealth in place because that factors in the equity in your home factors into your wealth and you know what you could tap into in an emergency and and that's the other part of it credit card debt is high savings are at a 17 year low and we're seeing now the effects of an economy where inflation is chewing up the wealth of the american public it's not just here it is in other parts of the world but what are we doing here to ease that that's the issue and um Some of the stories about what the Fed is doing, too little, too late. And this is one. I I mentioned the website Zero Hedge. It is a great resource. If you go to Zero Hedge, it is finance, it is economics, it is really a great resource for what's happening. And here's the headline. Here comes the job shock. Philadelphia Fed admits U.S. jobs overstated by at least 1.1 million uh, regular readers are well aware that back in July, Zero Hedge first, long before it became a running theme among so-called macro experts, pointed out that a gaping one million job differential had opened up between the closely watched and market impacting, if easily gamed and manipulated, establishment survey, and the far more accurate, if volatile, household survey, the two core components of the monthly non-farm payroll reports. So this has been my biggest fear, and I, I mentioned yesterday on the show what we should be watching for in the new year the key component so far has been that we've had a lot of jobs available to americans to keep their heads above water we also know that many americans are taking a side hustle or two they're doing extra work they're working much much harder to keep their heads financially above water and this is where the difficulty is this is where it's climbing the wealth ladder it always starts with the working class and people that are the most vulnerable, young people especially. You're just starting out in your careers. You're just starting out in the job market. Many of your positions are entry level. You're not making a whole lot of money. And when the necessities, the things you must have, food, shelter, and fuel are at so ex- such a high expense, they just can't make ends meet. You can't work enough hours to make enough money. You've got people with many roommates just to pay the rent. I, and I get it. I understand the problem. Um, But what's interesting is Steve Forbes, who obviously is such a big name when it comes to finance, Steve Forbes says that the Fed chair Powell – will be late to fighting an unnecessary recession, that he has very little credibility because of the way it was handled at the beginning. Now, I'm not someone that only always says, let's just look back and point fingers. Monday morning quarterback is not always a fair thing to do. But in this case, looking back is also going to be a sign of what's happening in the future, I believe. Because if you look what they said at Treasury, you look at what they said at the Fed, you look how they echoed the sentiments of the White House where we were hearing this transitory inflation thing where the White House was touting the- the fact that they believed it was going to be a very short uh, inflation and then it was going to come back down pretty dramatically and we were going to continue to grow and continue to do the things we were doing. Well, the fact of the matter is there were many experts, many experts disputing that claim. And when it came true that that's the way things were heading, it was too little, too late. Now we're having to do massive things in order to slow this down. I've used – I know that it's it's a – it, is, it does feel a little bit crass to use the analogy of cancer, but um, you understand that early detection of cancer is the key. We all understand that. The earlier cancer is caught, the less invasive the solution to the problem is. So that's why people are supposed to be checked Often, that's why people at higher risk are supposed to be checked more often because if anything is to come of it, you want to catch it as early as possible so that the treatment for it is less invasive. Well, that is the same thing that could have happened here. When the warning signs were there, if things had been done to stop this from happening, the other things that Forbes calls this, said it was an unnecessary Recession that he sees coming, and there are many people that can that hold that very same sentiment that this is unnecessary that we there 's no reason. Why the economy we've had a few years ago. And the reason why we talk about backwards is because moving forward, you've got the same administration with many of the same leaders making many of the same predictions and decisions. And the American people don't have much faith. The down being down, you know, 360 some points again today after the dismal uh, appearance yesterday has got people nervous. And it should. People should be nervous about what's happening because the American economy is in trouble right now. There are retired people that are going back to work. You've got people in their 70s and 80s that can't make ends meet on the fixed income they're living on because of the expensive things. They're taking work. We, shouldn't want to, we should never want to see that happen to people. So that's kind of the state of where we are. Coming up at 835, Senator Sinema's immigration bill that she talked about on this show dead in the water right now as Title 42 expiration looms and thousands of people wait at the border. We'll discuss all of this coming up in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. I, I came tonight. I got the feeling that something's right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I get down the stairs. Thanks for being here. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Um, I just like knowing that everybody else is doing the uh, Reservoir Dogs walk in their car as this song plays every time we play it. Uh thanks for being here this morning. A lot to talk about on the show today. Um the border's been a big issue, continues to be a big issue. It's a growing issue with the expiration of Title 42 happening very very soon. Senator Cinema joined us on the show the other day to explain a bill that was co-sponsored with a Republican named Tim Tillis. And this bill was going to be comprehensive in a lot of the things that as it approached and what could be done about fixing some things at the border. And I talked to her about hopes for it. She said, we are running out of runway. And uh, as it stands right now, a headline the compromised immigration deal dead for now as Title 42 deadline nears. So uh, just a couple of things. Matt Rivers over at ABC talking about what's happening in El Paso. The Trump era policy allowing officials to turn away migrants based on COVID health orders could expire. DHS is trying to meet the need with more temporary housing, money and doubling transportation options to take migrants to less crowded border Facility, something they call, quote, decompression. El Paso officials say that's not enough. Yeah, let's go to that. This is the El Paso Mayor Oscar leaser talking about the problems being more than just funding.
1: We've said that you're not going to fund yourself out of this. You're not going to house yourself out of this. It's something that we're going to have to work with the UN and other countries to, to work through a situation that, again, is bigger than El Paso, and now it's become bigger than the United States.
0: And here is the deputy city manager from El Paso and their fire chief talking about what happens after Title 42 expires.
1: If we're getting 2,500 apprehensions a day and we're talking about 1,600 street releases, that number doubles. You're not sending the the Title 42s because that's no longer in place. That number is going to increase.
0: So, again, um, the conversation about the human beings at the border, and I absolutely agree with all of them. I do. I, I see humanity in all of this. And you know what? So do these border towns. One of the shining examples of the benevolence and the goodness of the American people is in Yuma, Arizona, Um Jonathan Lines, a supervisor from down in Yuma County, was on the show talking. If you remember, there was a huge number of people. At, well, when I say huge number, I guess that's relative. Compared to the big numbers they had already been seeing, there was a swell in people that were crossing into Yuma. And they were there were not enough border agents, and there never are. There weren't enough federal agents to process people. So people were crossing around the wall and then sitting on the American side of the wall and waiting sometimes for up to two days for uh, border agents to come and process them into the system. And as they were waiting, there were the people of Yuma, again, being overwhelmed. The people of Yuma, when it comes to their hospitals, when it comes to their clinics, when it comes to their uh, homeless shelters or, or food banks, were being overwhelmed trying to help people. The people of Yuma brought blankets and water and other resources to the people because in spite of the political differences of what's going on, despite of them saying we want this to end, you still are looking into the face of humanity. And that's the issue here. You can say, I feel... For you And understand your plight. But you need to understand mine, which is you are doing this the wrong way. You have been hoodwinked by the cartels who have told you it's going to be easy to stay here. You've been lied to. But you are straining all of our systems that are supposed to be for the American people, for the people of Yuma. But they still came out and dropped off resources. And as an example of just what the major problem is down there, which is the cartels, once the supplies were dropped off to the migrants at the border that had been trucked across the border or brought across the border, led across the border by the cartels, cartel members armed to the teeth, crossed back across the American side of the border, armed, and stole the supplies that were left for the migrants, That is a microcosm of what's happening at the border. This isn't about brown versus white. This isn't anti-brown. This isn't any of those things. This is about what we are doing with human beings. We have turned this over to the cartels. They have effective control of the border. We can talk about the fentanyl. We can talk about the drugs coming through the port of entry. The story earlier this week, how in uh, Nogales at the port of entry, they had intercepted over a million fentanyl pills. That's a huge part of this as well. But if you want to talk about the wave of humanity that's coming, they're coming because they believe they believe that when Title 42 expires because of American laws and the policies of this administration, that they They are going to have an easy pathway to stay in this country. We don't know of any plan from the president. We may hear one. As a matter of fact, they're saying it may be early next week where we hear a plan from the Biden administration. But we've seen nothing so far. And if we've seen nothing so far, what confidence do we have that we're going to see anything reasonable? Um, Karine Jean-Pierre actually said, actually said. That the president is working hard to secure the border. She was she was ripped for it, but it is it, it it's incredible. It, border Patrol agents furious at Secretary Mayorkas. He met with Border Patrol agents, and uh, he and, and again there was no audio. There is no audio of the comments by the secretary. But according to the Border Patrol agents in the room, he denied ever saying that the border is secure. Now, if that's true, that's a lie because the White House has said it. The Vice President has said it. Secretary Mayorkas has said it. And the people pushing back at the border. And this is where we have to hold some people accountable for not reporting it accurately. There are videos online, and I should have posted them. I should have retweeted some of them. There are people that are on – what they did was they crossed over from El Paso onto the other side to the Mexican side of the border – in Juarez, and there are a couple of thousand people that are lined up waiting for Title 42 to expire, and they were showing as they walked through the crowd the wave of humanity that is there, and it is it is shameful to see what's happening in El Paso, Texas, and we are talking about an overwhelming number, and nothing is being done. Even people in the president's party, whether it's Gavin Newsom in California or Cuellar in in. Uh, um in uh texas they are now screaming that something needs to be done let's hope that that works in a moment gatos is back it is the big q poll question of the day so we'll get to it momentarily
1: the gatos big q poll
0: question brought to you by your valley toyota dealers
1: good morning gatos Oh, I'm getting ready for the big celebration this afternoon. What's the big celebration it's, this uh, afternoon? It's our big Christmas extravaganza. Oh, nice. We've got uh, uh, chad Claus. Uh, nice. He's going to give gifts and uh, uh, all that kind of stuff away throughout the uh, four hours. Nice. We've got uh, live musical performances on our Christmas show. By who? Oh, yes, by uh, Diane Michelle. She's okay. a, a wonderful singer at CCB. She joins us every year. She's going to sing O Ho- oh Holy Night. We've got a high school chorus coming in. I mean, I'm telling you, man, this thing's going to be off the hook.
0: That's amazing.
1: What about right? what about your uh what about Elf Pablo? Is he going to be back? Elf Pablo is going to be there, yeah. yeah. All right. Ch- Chad's going to be in full Santa gear, chad claus. claws uh, We're going to give $2,500 away today to a deserving teacher for pay tribute to a teacher, a Christmas bonus. It's amazing. It's going. To, and then we go Christmas caroling at 515, where you, the listener, will uh, call in. I'll play 10 seconds of a famous Christmas song, and you must mimic the singer and try and sing as much as you possibly can. And if you're any good, Chatter will give you a prize. Nice. A Christmas gift. Very nice. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And you know what's fun? Mike Hugh, are you ready for this? I am ready. What's the best character in a Christmas movie? I would like you Bruce to Willis. See, I didn't put that in. John McClane. I know. I I only had five slots, so here's what I got. Well, the issue is because everybody fights about whether it's a Christmas movie or not. Well, of course it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Best character in a Christmas movie. George Bailey. Mm Mm-hmm. Kevin McAllister. Mm-hmm. Ralphie. You shoot your eye out. Mm Mm-hmm. Scrooge. Cousin Eddie. Okay. That's that's a good list. (laughs)
0: What do you got? What are you thinking? Oh, my gosh. Um... I love Ralphie. I got to go with Ralphie. When Ralphie drops the F bomb in the car, oh. classic. proof that difference in the when And when the when the lamp shows up and it says "fragile" on the box,
1: I love it. <laughs> uh, it's French. <laughs> no Italian. Uh, no, I think. It- Oh, I thought he said it's French. I thought he said it was Italian. I think it's French. It's All a right. major award. It is. Yeah. Yep. It's a major award. <laughs> and yeah, you know what? People people have that as a decoration. Of course
0: they do. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I want that lamp.
0: That's as My an, as wife an, won't let me have the lamp. That's incredible.
1: I want that lamp as a Christmas decoration, but I'm not. I, can't I wish
0: that. I'd have known that I'd have gotten it for you.
1: Oh, for then, you then you would have, no, then you would have, see, that's mean. Then you would have made a fight with my wife. No, not.
0: because then you would tell her that you, it would be rude to throw it away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be like, all right, we'll just tell them we put it up every year and we'll throw it away anyway.
0: Yeah, take one picture of it one time in the house one time. and post exactly. it every year.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it's like a family member giving you that bad gift yeah. you got to put out once a-, a year.
0: Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, uh, listen, it's a great question, and uh, I wish you a Merry Christmas. I'm out today. Today's my last day until the new year. So
1: Yeah, me too. Merry Christmas, Mike.
0: Merry Christmas to you, man. I'll be listening this afternoon. OK, buddy. All right. Thanks. That's Gatos. And the big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Just go to KTAR.com. You can vote and see how other people voted as well. How's this for a statistic? One fifth or 20 percent of American adults have trouble reading. We're going to talk about that statistic coming up in a few moments.